This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. BSB OT, some number, a game where the Rangers win 8-4 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I still saw fire Quinn tweets. Gregory, how are you? It's a game in which the Mets beat the Phillies eight to four. <laughs> and I still saw fire Luis Rojas tweets. It's uh, it, it I never have. I've learned a lot. I really have over the last or the first three games of this season. I just, I don't know if it's a Twitter thing. I don't know if it's a New York thing. It could be both simultaneously. I think we've passed a point of reasonable sports takes on the interwebs. You just can't because... can't be reasonable. We try. I want to be honest, and I know this is going to sound crazy. We try and be reasonable on this show. It's hard. Oh, we sure do. It, it's not great. It's not fun. No. Um, it. But the amount of the amount of criticizing I've seen of Luis, three games out of a hundred and sixty. Number one Ranger podcast. Not even like two percent of the season. Yep. Um, well, he just... hasn't even had time to do anything wrong. Really. I mean, <laughs> it's been like a second and a half for for Mister Rojas. But you, like, I, I understand the Kevin Pillar thing on opening day. It's not the reason the Mets lost, but it, it it's a head scratcher. People today are pissed off that Jeff McNeil got the day off, and Jonathan VR is getting a start. Sure, um, like it's a long season. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's baseball, man. <laughs> All right, we we've talked enough about that. Yeah. Uh, David Quinn. The funny thing is. It wasn't a good performance by the Rangers, it's, right? It's it a- wasn't, dude. I ha- that's my big takeaway, and that's why I yeah. think it's one of the, like, the best wins of the season is because it wasn't good, and the Raiders win 8-4, and the Penguins, if the Raiders didn't go th- up 3 nothing at the beginning of this game with Artemi Panarin just going absolutely nuclear to, to ha- make that happen along with Colin Blackwell, uh, funnily <laughs> enough, scoring the first goal, the Raiders probably lose this game pretty badly. Like, Penguins were awesome. All game. They never took their yep. foot off the brake till the last minute. And the Rangers still won 8-4. It was unbelievable. I mean, it's the difference between a good, a well-coached team, Mike Sullivan, and a bad-coached team, Elaine Vigneault. Uh, well-coached teams, when they're down, they don't think the game's over. And they think there's one or two breaks that go their way. Yeah, it, it's odd. It's good teams win games they don't deserve. It, it, it's the hallmark of – that's the difference between being a good team – an average team and a bad team. Bad teams lose games they should win constantly, but good teams win games that they don't deserve on a regular basis, which is why when the Rangers had a guy named Henrik Lundqvist, they were largely considered a good team. They were constantly stealing yeah, games. Yeah, consistency matters in sports. Yeah, I don't necessarily think the Rangers stole last night's game, but if you play that exact game oh boy, a hundred times over, the amount of times the Rangers score more than three to four goals is less than five. Oh, big probably. time. Dude, big time. Yeah. And this was an awesome performance by Igor to come out and just, oh, listen, I saw the shot charts. It was a lot of more low, low chance. It was more le- uh, low scoring chances than I expected from Steve Ballard. Yeah. Gotta make the saves. He made the saves. Igor, like, still let up four goals. He was tremendous. Like, <laughs> the four goals actually make Igor look worse than he was because he was unbelievable. All game. Uh, 
the kid line was good. Really, there was one particular shift, which I'm going to actually try and break down, maybe for our Patreon. Hey, 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 hey. A little bit of sponsorship there. Um, where it, the kids just go out there and Capococco grinds against the boards to get Alex, Alexi Lafreniere in front of the net where Heel gets the pass to him and Lafreniere can stuff it in. It's a, it's like a one-and-a-half-minute one sequence where they tire out the Penguins. There was a lot of good to take away from last night's game, but... It's it's also a little concerning. It's like, hey, wow, uh, we're playing that we're playing that team again. And one thing we'll get to in a second is the entire team got vaccinated today, Gregory. And I yes. don't know. Uh, I got the second second shot. I think they all got Jack uh, Johnson and Johnson, Jack Johnson shot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and maybe that's going to be a little bit of a different effect. But the second shot of of the vaccine knocked me right the hell out. And I'll tell you what, I everybody I've known, everybody I've known, arm has been a little bit a little bit sore. And now the Rangers are going to play the Penguins. And the Capitals back to back. I think there there is some somewhat a uh, not a mystery there, but that'll be somewhat of a storyline going into this game. These next two. I do think it's worth pointing out. Yeah, athletes are just different. They're they're not, they're they're stronger they're than me, Greg. I, I, it's hard for me to admit. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not built the same as we are. It's listen. I, well. If the Rangers lose the next two games because they're lethargic from the vaccine, it's two losses that I'm totally fine with. It's it, it's Pittsburgh in, in the Capitals. Like it's not <laughs> it's not nobody. Oh, yeah, and the Islanders. I, I'm sorry, Islanders. Yeah, but here, here's the thing: is Ryan, the vaccine's more important than whether the Rangers make the playoffs or not. Oh yeah, that's simple. Yeah. So if the if the Rangers if the Rangers lose the next two games because a couple players are off, they're off the mark because they're feeling some after effect from the vaccine. That's fine. I'm cool with that. It's fine. No big deal. Guys, I, listen, care. We want. I want the Rangers to make this playoff run. They've made comments about how they're hungry and they want to keep fighting. They The chances are low here. They are. The Boston Bruins have to flounder. So do the Penguins. They have to absolutely flounder. Well, what, one of them. One of them has to flounder and the Flyers have to keep doing what the Flyers are doing. I'm not worried the about only the flyer thing, part. <laughs> yeah. The only, the only thing there that's likely to happen is the flyers part. Yeah. Uh, but listen, this is what happened. The Bruins started the year 10, one and three. They've been a, essentially a 500 hockey team since then. You get to be a 500 hockey team when you start the year 10, one and three. Yep. When, when you, when you're that hot, all you have to do is play 500 baseball the rest of the season. You're going to finish the season in a playoff spot. That that's, that's how it works. Yeah, I keep seeing all these like, hey, you know, the Rangers are only five points back. Well, the, the Brits have two games. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, that's that, a lot. That, that bothers me. It, I, I talked about this with some of our Patreon subscribers. Hey, wow, a lot of uh, plugs. Love it. I know. So many plugs. You, I, <laughs> incredible. You guys should just join us. It's really what it comes down to. Thank but you. It's interesting to me that um, hockey's the only sport where it's almost it, – to me, it feels like hockey's the only sport where they exclusively – look at points first and foremost i'm a big soccer guy as you know ryan yep. i've tried to get you involved in soccer over the i wish years. i could i really i do, and i don't want to go on the tangent on this but i it does seem like very fun and i never can do it yeah it, it involves weird hours on weekends yeah and i admit that you know it's not it's not for everybody but the first thing soccer fans look at i feel like at least in my experience and it's the first thing i look at it's not how many points my team has it's how many games my team has played um Games in hand is a big fucking deal with European soccer. It tells the bigger story than how many points you have. So when I look at a standings and I see that a team has two games left to play that the Rangers can't play, to me, those are two wins. So I add those points to whatever the point total is, the difference on the table. 
So it's not to me, it's not a five-point differential. It'll be a nine-point differential until the Bruins play those games. And then you can have the conversation. You have the conversation with me after that in terms of where the Rangers are or aren't in the standings. But anytime I see a difference in games played where the team that's played less games has more points, I consider those non-played games wins. And that's how I do the math from there. So it, it's I, I not to sound like the click king uh, because yeah, I, I got baby. nervous. I got really nervous reading L L Larico um, mm-hmm. this week, and I found myself agreeing with almost too much of what he was saying. Click king. I do think it's important for this Ranger team specifically to be in a playoff race. I. I, I understand this is an old talking head point. I know, I me too. This might I was going to bring this up. Oh, I hate it. I hate that I, I hate I feel it. I really way. do. I, I, it's the thing that makes me feel like a moron the most. But I do think there is inherent and, va- and different value that can be drawn from the Rangers' children in a playoff race, whether they make it or not. I don't think there's value. Like, are young players developing quicker on the Rangers than they are the Sabres? I don't know. I mean, I would hope so because the Sabres yeah. are a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. But like, are, are, is this better for Capococco's development than it would be? Like, is Jack Hughes having a worse season than Capococco partially because the Rangers are playing better? Is Jack Hughes on the same developmental trajectory as Kako is right now because the Rangers are playing more competitive games? I, I can't sit here and say absolutely, but I can sit here and say that it can't hurt Capococco, Alexi Lafreniere, Vitaly Kravtsov, Phil Heedle, Adam Fox, Adam Ryan Lindgren, yeah. Keandre Miller, all these children, Igor Shosturkin, they're playing meaningful games. And to me, that that means something. It's, a, it's something they get to learn and get to experience. And it, the only way you get to develop this type of environment with the team is by being in it. So I'm not upset that the Rangers are playing competitive hockey games. I don't care if this costs the Rangers picking 12th or picking 4th. It doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. It, this, and, and people will tell you they're very smart, like our friend Drew Way, who's our prospect expert here at Blue Shirts Breakaway. He will tell you there's straight up like almost no difference between picking 1 and 9, and there's like yes. very little difference between picking 9 and 30. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, this, this the talent year, is deep. This year is not well, Not deep, but it's the, the same, same level of talent throughout. So, yes. Um, of type of prospect. Now, all of that being said, mm-hmm. does that mean Colin Blackwell should be getting more ice time with Strom and Panera and then Cabo Capco? No. No, it doesn't. Guys, no, it doesn't. Especially because Kako has been the player that David Quinn thinks Colin Blackwell yeah, has Yeah, Kako has actually been fucking sick this year. I, like, it's really exciting great. for me, yeah. The, di- the difference is Colin Blackwell's got 10 goals and Cabo Capco doesn't. Yep. But again... That's the fallacy of any sport where you're evaluating well, on points and not on Monday night. You and I sat here and I talked about mm-hmm. Capocaco and how I'd want to see him in a power play role in front of the net, similar to Kreider. And he did exactly mm-hmm. that on power play two mm-hmm. in the 20 seconds he was given. It's not like these kids have had the ability to produce on the power play. They haven't. Kako's kind of, what has he had? Like 12 total minutes of, of power play time. Maybe this whole freaking season. It's low. It's low. And that's that again, you, you and I have pinpointed and diagnosed the problem. Yep. Whether Ryan Strong has been good on the power play or not. He scored, so did Blackwell. Unbelievable. <laughs> I know. With, <laughs> typical. Uh, but whether they've been good or not on the power play, like, they've been very good. We can assume them not being on it could hurt, right? At the same time, 
It's not like the New York Rangers are going to be putting scrubs on that power play unit. They're going to be putting on players who have excelled at putting the puck in the back of the net at various levels throughout their lives. And their lives have not been that long. It, it's, it's difficult. I understand the difficulty it is to look at what Ryan Strom is doing this year and David Quinn saying, you know what would be best for this team this year and in the long term? It's by not playing him in this role that he's been very successful in. I understand that is a hard thing to do and a hard thing to evaluate as a head coach. At the same time, mm-hmm. we talk about needing to get the kids confidence, needing to put the kids in positions to succeed, needing to get them a little more ice time. All three of those things can be achieved by allowing them to play with a man advantage for two minutes a night, just two minutes a night, just two, give them an extra two minutes a night, not asking for the full five, give them two minutes a night. That's all. That's all. Is it, is it a fireable offense? Probably not. Probably but not. Is it a point? It's annoying. Tension? It's annoying. Yeah. It's super annoying. It's but annoying. You know what else is annoying? Tom Thibodeau playing Alfred Payton at yeah. all. Super annoying. I don't know any Nick fan that wants to get rid of Tom Thibodeau. Not a single one. Not one. Uh, uh, Luis Rojas batting Kevin Pillar leadoff. Very annoying. Super annoying. Aaron Boone's Still existence. Fire him. It, it's you can be <laughs> Sorry, annoying coach and not think he should be fired. It, that that's that's essentially the point that we've been making all year. A lot of things David Quinn does that bothers us. A lot of things that we can point out and criticize. I still don't think he should be fired. Agree. Just don't. I don't see it. Totally agree. Uh, I I went out there last night and was like, you know, at least say one nice thing here for David Quinn. Couldn't do it. Couldn't, Couldn't do, do it. it. It was hard. It was really tough for everybody out there. Uh, listen, he got the team to play. They won a game that was likely not theirs to win, and he admitted it afterwards. Like, yeah, we won eight four, but that was not a great game for us. I don't know what else you want. I really don't. It's uh, the team is this team has been so fun and weird this entire year, and actually. Uh, let's take a quick break now, a little early in our in our, our thing. But when I come back, I want to ask you a, a diehard question here. Here we go. A, a transition. We're back. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't want to you know cut into this discussion because I feel like it might go a couple minutes here. So let, let's get right into it, shall we? Would you consider this New York Rangers season a success if it ended today? Hmm. Thought about this a little bit today. Took a little bit of a walk. I don't know. I don't I don't think I can answer that question until we see what the Rangers do in the offseason. Okay. Because I think there have been some lessons learned. I think there have been some time given to certain players where you can make final evaluations before we go into this next era of Ranger hockey in which we expect year in and year out playoff caliber teams. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard for me to call this season a success if the Rangers have decided that Lieber Hayek is worthy of a role moving forward. It's hard for me to call this season a success if the Rangers have decided that Brett Howden, the man rocket himself, is worthy of a role moving forward. It's hard for me to call this season a success without getting an affirmative answer on the Ryan Strom front. It's hard for me to call this season a success without getting an affirmative answer on the Pavel Buchnevich front. Um, yeah, I can see it's that. Not a, I don't think, let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a scenario in which I would give this season a failing grade because I think a lot of important stuff was uncovered. Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, DeAndre Miller, Tur- Jacob Truba. Tony D'Angelo. 
uh, <laughs> uh well yeah <laughs> yeah not for good reasons yeah well but yeah yeah uh that 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 question was firmly answered um igor shesterkin has done his part panarin zibanejad is back in form um papokako taking the logical next step forward not even the logical next step a, right a, a step we didn't part- anticipate which is him becoming an elite defensive minded forward weird very uh, strange did not expect it but taking a significant step forward, I would say, man, the Filipino aspect of the season is really, really not dis- disappointing is not the right word because things happened that were out of his control that factored into him not being able to carry over how his season started between getting injured. We think a broken hand yeah. and then immediately getting COVID as he's recovering from said injury, uh, if you if you told me that this is how Heedle's season was going to end based on how it started, that is super upsetting from a developmental and just enjoyment of the player standpoint. Um, but I think we did see a lot of good things in that first two three weeks of the season with Heedle. So I'm not I'm still not concerned about him. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think I can say this season was a success if it ended today mm-hmm. because the things that would or the things that have made the season a success, they still need to be answered in the off season. The Rangers, if the Rangers want to be a playoff hockey team next year, they have to play with an actual third pairing on defense. If that's Niels Lundqvist and a veteran left-handed defenseman, <coughs> Shane Gossespierre, then great. I do like the Gossespierre thing. Been... I'm, I'm kind of, a, I'm was a little bit upset when they didn't do it. I know they didn't have the money to make it work. This they didn't year, have but... the money, but it, the best thing that could have happened to the Rangers was nobody claiming him because the Flyers will give him away. They will give him away this offseason for like a fifth round pick. Third pairing Ghost Bear is like real fun. That's Amazing. really fun. So, Amazing. Uh, um, yeah. And it, the, again, the it's not just third pair Gosses Bear. It's if Keandre Miller gets hurt or if Ryan Lindgren gets injured. The guy you're moving up from your third pair is not Lieber Hayek. It's not Brandon Smith. Yeah. It's a guy that Hayek's has... Hayek's been a little rough, man. He's been bad. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any other way to describe it. I mean, Rob Luker will be the first one to tell you that he's been bad. He tells us every morning. That's true. I wake up and the first tweet I see is, good morning, world. Lieber Hayek sucks. Yeah. Oh, it, who it's tweeted this? Right oh, it's except, Rob Luker. It's right next to Brett Howden also. Yeah, almost yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. We get it. He's terrible. I don't. You don't need to get... Who, who are you trying to prove this to? We understand. None of us are disagreeing it's, with it's you. It's funny because Rob every morning is kind of like, hey, everybody, Hayek isn't a good player. And we're like, well, Quinn isn't that bad. And everyone just has machine guns pointed on us. And then Rob's like, why is no one paying attention to me? I don't understand. Because no one yeah, disagrees like, with you, Rob. Yeah, no, no one disagrees with Rob. But Rob out here, like, I need you to understand how bad it is that Hayek has put together 10 straight game scores that are negative. It's like, yes, we know. We see it. We don't even need the numbers to understand no, it. No, I watch hockey. But, yeah. <laughs> Lieber Hayek's first game this year, the nicest thing we said about him is, we didn't well, we notice didn't him. Notice him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that is not a ring endorsement of a no, hockey player. No, it's not. It's like, not. Joe Micheletti's out here being like, Lieber has played a great game. Hey, Micheletti. And, I haven't I, had to talk about Lieber. Some credit all. to Micheletti and uh, the MSG studio. First of all, Seabell Cat's a legend. I need to throw that out there. Legend. Absolute legend. legend. Uh, the rest of it's been a spicy year for the MSG crew. They're getting a little bit, you know, they're usually a little more vanilla. And I have to say, even Sam and Joe, like, Joe has been yeah, really. The kid, the kid Kids are rebelling a little bit. Shout out to someone I am very excited to shout out next week. Uh, <laughs> yes, I will. I will leave it at that. Yeah, stay t- stay tuned for next week. On a relevant note, excited. happy uh, happy new child to our friend Vince and uh, his child hey. Vince Jr. I mean Junior. <laughs> <laughs>
I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm saying, Vince, is if Ryan and I had a kid, and trust me, I have about three that I don't know about. Yep. Uh, we would keep podcasting during. Said yeah, I mean, pretty weak of you to just stop podcasting, Vince. I Unbelievable. Mean, I know you listen. Do you? Okay. Um, just just to follow <laughs> back up on that real quick, I do think yeah. this season has well, on Vince's kid. Yeah, on Vince's kid, Vince Jr. Okay. Who now it was Uncle. We did send him a praise be a child uh, shirt in case you were wondering. Nick and I did. Did that. we? Yeah, Nick and I put it together for him. Um, oh, fantastic. A little bit of a parting gift for uh, from Uncle Ryan and Uncle Greg. Very fun. Parting gift? Welcoming gift. There you go. Uh, <laughs> We're leaving you forever, child. Here's a shirt to remember. It's the Meadway. All right. Now, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, God. As I was saying about – What uh, pack of cigarettes do you think your dad got? Um, I think he was, he was definitely a marble guy. My aunt was always Newport's. Always. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but she hung around, so that's why. Barely. Uh, in this situation, let's talk about the successful season. I, I do think with the circumstances the Rangers were faced with this year, Artemi Panarin being attacked on a political hit, the whole Russian thing, uh, obviously um, the pandemic, I don't know if you've heard of it. There's that old thing going on, right? Exactly. Lafreniere not playing hockey since March. The Tony D'Angelo situation, the everything situation with the Rangers, their existence every single Monday was another catastrophe. Philip Hedl's hand, et cetera. With all that, to be where they are in the standings of a division that we, uh, I believe, titled the Pit of Despair at the beginning pit of, of... Pit of Misery. Pit of Misery. Pit of there misery. we go. Very close there. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. dilly. Uh, with the, has the Capitals, the Islanders, the Penguins, and the Bruins at the top with no joke, the Flyers and the Devils were supposed to be a little bit better than they are this year. To be 18-15-5 at this point in time, to me, is a success. Without Artemi Panarin, who is one of the top five players in hockey, no doubt about it for multiple weeks in a row to stay in this race, to even have a chance to have a percentage point to make the playoffs, to me, is a success. The development well, part of it, that, yeah, that's, that's not, the not part to, you have not, to talk not about. To, not to cut you off, though, yep. but, yeah, Ryan, if you go back to when the season started, if you told me the New York Rangers were going to be a competitive sixth place in this division, we, you and I would have agreed, said, yeah. We probably would have nodded. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we that, probably would have nodded. We, <laughs> there were, when we were doing these podcasts to start the season before the year began, we said the best you could probably hope for is a sixth-place finish, and you shouldn't be discouraged if the Rangers fell behind one of the Devils or the Sabres and finished seventh. Um, the, a, a very competitive sixth place before the season started felt like a best-case scenario for the Rangers, a best realistic scenario for the Rangers. Yeah, it did. Gun to your head before we uh, – maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Can I say gun to your head anymore? Is that a thing? Um, yeah, I think you can. Sure. Think thing. Cool. Uh, Ryan Strom, is he still a Ranger on Monday? Uh, the Ra- I don't think the Rangers make a single trade. Yeah, I don't even. I, I don't even think Brandon Smith gets traded. It's so funny. I I I started. I'm gonna put out an article for our Patreon. I, I'm sorry, we're plugging it so goddamn much. Where I did like the percentage. I'm not sorry, give me money. The, the, <laughs> where we did the percentages, or I did the percentages of what I believe players to get traded at, or, or before the pre-deadline, because usually at this time, Greg, you and I are able to go collect other writers from around the world and say, hey, mm-hmm. tell me about your players on your team. We're thinking about trading for them. Let's chit-chat about it. We have none of that this year. We did almost no pre-trade deadline talk because, well, there's just almost no percent chance. Like, who is the highest percent <laughs> chance for you? I'm not going to spoil my whole article here, but who is your highest percent chance and, and, and what percentage is it? Uh, before we get into that, I just I got a very hilarious DM from Joe Fortunato that I need to share with you. I love Joey. Uh, do I need to blank this out? No, okay. no. This I think I think podcast fans will also like this. 
Uh, he says in the first message, I'm asking this in private because I'm not trying to turn it into a thing. I'm just curious. Okay. <laughs> in the second message. And yeah, no, hold on. Second... Hold on. You're reading this uh-huh. on the podcast as we go yeah. after Joe said that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The second message asks, are you a bigger Mets or Rangers fan? Oh, never mind. Whatever. <laughs> you thought this was going to be something else? No. Yeah, I thought this was going to be something way bigger than that. No, everybody listening to this no, podcast knows No, I think anyone asking me if I'm a bigger Mets or Rangers fan is a ridiculous question. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's a, totally bonkers. It makes no sense. Everyone, everyone who listens to this shitty podcast knows it's a Mets podcast also because of you. That's what it is. It's, it, uh, we anyway, you said percentage that. chance. Yeah. You said, I, I was expecting you to have a bigger laugh about uh, – well, it's ridiculous, dude. You're it, it's it's not even close. What are you talking about? No, it's, it, it's not. They're not in the same realm. No, uh, of course. It, I'm I'm a, I'm a bigger Met fan than I am a human being. Yeah, so it's, we know. It's, it's I, I it know. literally. Is, I I know people like say I bleed. Like, you know, when people are like, I believe this. Like, no, man. Like, like I I know a guy who literally does. He's my co-host. Like, it's not. It's 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 a little different. Like, I do. I love the Rangers, but it's not nearly what you love the Mets. And I love the Rangers. And I, I would say I'm like in the obsession, unhealthy, this team makes me a little sick situation. But whatever you yeah. feel towards the Mets, like I don't – I'm not sure I'm in like the 60th percentile. You know what I mean? That's It's a little different. Oh, but you're feeling about the Rangers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a disease. I, it, it's barely a fandom at this point in time. Uh, anyway, percentages of trades on, on Rangers. <laughs> yes, back to the point you were saying. Uh, yeah. Brendan Smith. At like forty percent, okay, probably. Okay, that's a good number. Like there's a, there's a chance, but honestly, I think the all the verbiage we've heard from the Rangers so far this season has been kind of what we just said, right? The Rangers are taking this season seriously. I don't think, I don't think there's inherent value for the Rangers to trade a Strom or a Buchnevich before Monday because. From the Rangers' side, they can afford them. And from the non-Rangers' side, nobody who would want them actually can afford them, right? That's that's kind of the variable that is more present this year than it has ever been before. It would actually be easier to trade either of those players if they had expiring contracts. Right. So it, it it's more – it would be easier to trade – not just easier. You'd actually – this is the one year where you'd get more value in the offseason if you dangled one of those two guys. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning are cheating. I can't see them oh, that's cheating true. more aggressively. Oh, man, we stuck it in at the end. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, the Lightning, who somehow have circumvented the salary cap, aren't going to try to further circumvent. Can well, they afford they try to further circumvent trading the for these cap. players, Gregory? Oh, if the Rangers that's... make a trade with the Tampa Bay Lightning in which the Rangers don't take money back, I'm going to have a shit fit. Yeah. Like, the... I don't know what it would look like in my mind, but I will not. If the Lightning make one trade at the deadline, we are doing an emergency podcast, <laughs> and I am just going to yell and scream. Yeah, we can I like how you said we're doing Matt an emergency Estevez. podcast, even though you're leaving for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. I will call, call in from. I will call in and be like, "We're talking about this right now." The just Lightning are court. cheating. I'm going to talk, and you are going to listen. I'll record, and that is what this podcast is going to be. <laughs> this uh, one. <laughs> right. it's all of them all of them if only i was a bigger Ran- uh, met fan than a ranger fan, yeah maybe maybe we'd have more conversation ask but, that question i love joey too joe, joe, i guess i could have guessed that lol is what joe said oh yeah um, you th- did you respond yeah, with no oh you shit. think <laughs> <laughs> okay 
Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, I, I think the Rangers value being in the race. I don't think they consider themselves in a position where they should be buying, which is smart. Mm-hmm. But I can't see the Rangers, at least from the top nine, I could see maybe the Rangers dangling like Kevin Rooney. I could see maybe them dangling Phil DiGiuseppe. I could see the Rangers dangling a player that gives them a spot for Morgan Barron for the rest of the season. But I can't see the Rangers. I just can't, I can't see them making a move that would critically impact their lineup. Yeah, so I don't think maybe really make- maybe Brendan, maybe Brendan Smith to open up a spark for Tarmo. But I, I think the Rangers are very fine with Tarmo just playing out the year in Hartford. I I think they are too. They don't want to burn the contract. They definitely want to keep that control. And they want they want Lieber Hayek to get taken by Seattle. Let's not kid ourselves. Like that that's something they want to try. Yeah, I I I also I have a hard time like the players the Rangers would trade, do any of them have significant value on the trade fund? Maybe someone wants to offer something for Blackwell, maybe someone wants to offer something for Rooney, but you're if the Rangers make a move, it's I think for an, Blackwell ancil- is, it's an ancillary part. It's kind of important. As crazy as that is. Um, yeah, I mean, he's that's what I'm saying. He's important to this year, for sure. I think he could be if important to next year to... As, a, as a great fourth liner. He could. Yeah, no, he's an interesting piece. He's not a piece that if some team offers you a third-round draft pick for, he's not a piece you should be married to. You should absolutely take the asset there. Yeah, you'll probably take the third-round um, pick. Yeah, but I like... I don't know. I, I could see teams not even wanting to pay 50% of Brendan Smith's salary. I could see teams thinking that they already have a Kevin Rooney of their own. I could see teams thinking they already have a Colin Blackwell of their own. I could see teams thinking they, they probably have a Phil DiGiuseppe of their own. Um, yeah, I, Strom and Booch, I would, I'd bet good money that neither are getting traded. And Jack Eichel's not getting traded, so we don't no. have to worry about bigger pieces. Kraftsoff, Niels, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think... The, the discussion of who's a Ranger and who isn't a Ranger come opening night 2021 in October, I think that's a more complicated question than will the Rangers make a big trade at this year's deadline. I I personally don't think anyone big, like Kyle Palmieri and Taylor Hall will get traded. That's the Outside only two. of them? Yeah. Yeah. I Nobody want, nobody has money to spend, quote-unquote, unless you're the Tampa Bay Lightning and you're cheating. Yes. Um yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very boring deadline. A super, super boring deadline. I don't think we'll see a first-round pick traded. I don't wow, think... Wow, really? Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say I don't think a first-round pick gets traded. I think I think someone coughs it up for Taylor Hall. I do. I don't. I don't. I, I think you're more likely to see it for Paul Mary than Hall. Wow. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the remember who we're talking about, right? We're talking about NHL GMs. So while Taylor Hall has name recognition... He's got two goals, Ryan. It doesn't matter what his shooting percentage is. The GM's not going to look at that. They're going to they're going to think that they're going to think the two goals is why you're going to get Taylor Hall for cheap. Not to mention the fact that you're going to have to pay him at least half that salary, and that is a significant salary. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think I think Hall gets traded for a second, and maybe some other scratch. I think Paul Mary gets you a couple seconds. I'll go out. I'll I'll say that a first round draft pick does not get traded on Monday wow. or before Monday. With that note, this is the end of the BSBOT. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, We love you guys. Big announcement coming later this week. Bye. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.